Boy Scouts of the Air in Belgium by Gordon Stewart Chapter 9 A Midnight Hike Events had come and gone so rapidly that there had been a surfeit of sensations during the past three hours. One and all of the group felt a certain buoyancy amid the reaction of the moment. There was novelty and expectation in this strange climax to their aviation career, and the sober reality did not strike them yet with full force. Bob allowed the others to fling themselves on the greensward, luxuriating in full-length rest. In two minutes, Hans was asleep. Ned and the others kept up a running fire of comment on their recent adventures, guessing as to how they would come out. That's something to let work out, just here reflected the young leader of the little coterie. The unlucky thing is that we don't know where we are. Bob paced up and down under the trees for a full five minutes. The only points of the compass that interested him were east and west. Ahead of them, the glow they had seen indicated a camp. Behind them, at no great distance, he knew, was the river. To the south, along its winding length, was Verdun, and there, he has had reason to believe, was the professor. Boylike, despite the peril of detention and imprisonment, Bob felt that their place was with Professor Dean. Loyalty directed this impulse in the first place. Again, the wisdom of the old scholar must be the safest guide for the boys away from home and friends and among warlike people. Bob thought out a very pretty and specious plan as to immediate progress. He strolled back toward the crowd. See here, fellows, he began, but there was a sudden interruption. No, look there, shouted Ned at the top of his voice, springing to his feet, all the others except Hans following his example. Ned pointed at a brilliant glare. Right on its heels there came a crash. Light and noise came from the direction the airship had taken. It's a bomb, cried Tom. It sounds just like the one the airship man exploded, added Miles. The mischief, gasped Bob. There had come another glare. It was followed by a second deafening report. All hands stood spellbound, but thrilled with excitement. I can figure it out, began Bob but only again to be interrupted. There had come a series of new explosions in quick succession. Then there was one final explosion, as though a dozen big field pieces had fired in unison. The echoes of the vast air upheaval made the ground tremble and terrified birds and animals all about them. I will wager that those are the bombs in the airship, declared Bob, silence at last enabling him to express what he had started out to say. How do you make that out? inquired Ned. There must be a camp over beyond that stretch of hills, reasoned Bob. The machine probably hit where there was a fire. More likely the army camped over there, saw the airship, and shelled it with one of those big airplane guns. They finally hit it, and that exploded the bomb she carried, suggested Loomp. I believe you're right, assented Bob. There must have been a scattering. I had a plan to suggest, fellows, but those terrific explosions knocked it out of my head. 
Why not sleep over it? suggested Tom, with a drowsy yawn. Hardly, answered Bob. We're in a bad fix. And we want to be sensible and level-headed in finding the best way out of it. That's business, commended Loomp. Give us an idea of what you figured out. I haven't figured out much of anything, confessed Bob. I think, though, you will all agree that the first move we ought to make is to try to get near the professor. You're right, and we're unanimous on that, sure, spoke out Ned. The airship must have taken us quite a distance south, said Bob, which means that we are a good deal nearer to their done than we were when we left Erleigh. We followed the river all the way. That must be it just behind us, and Verdun lies right on it, according to the map. Yes, I happen to know that is true, said Lump. It's our best guide, then, continued Bob. My idea is to strike east and reach the river. According to my recollection, it was some miles, maybe four or five, from the point where the first bomb was dropped. That's a fair guess, agreed Ned. It's about double the distance from here. We know there are Germans beyond the river. Yes, the poor fellow who thought he was doing a patriotic duty was a Belgian, advised Lump. Those ahead of us here may be Germans, too. If that is so, we are between two fires, reasoned Bob. I suppose some of you are tired and sleepy. My idea is to run no risks spying on camps or going near them, but to get to the river... Rest up, try to find out how far it is to Verdun, hide daytimes and travel nights. A good plan, voted Ned at once. And, as you are the grand supreme foreign scoutmaster, added Tom, it goes. Get up, Hans, ordered Ned, going over to their slumbering guide and touching him with his foot gently. Allons, lamented the rotund and contented Hans with a broken snore. I was home, and now it is this. Bob told him of their decision, and Hans at once became the sturdy, uncomplaining guide he had hired out to be. He took the lead, as was his wont, and trudged bulkily forward in the direction of the river. It was an easy hike for the trained Boy Scouts, and not particularly arduous to Hans. During the entire tramp, they did not come upon a single habitation, except where an old mill stood in ruins, looking as if abandoned half a century agone. We are near, pronounced Hans finally, and his comrades recognized the fact, too, by signs. The croaking of frogs was one of these. Besides, the route was leading them along the distinct valley slant. At the particular point where they first made out a broad river stretch, there was a swampy expanse with high reeds. They had to do some wading. Then they came upon firmer ground, and finally they reached the direct edge of the broad, flowing stream. Bob looked at his watch as they halted. It's three o'clock, he announced, and it will soon be daylight. We can't reconnoiter until then. We're safe so far. Yes, we'd better make camp, suggested Ned, gazing up and down the monotonous expanse of lowland and water. Shelter, I suppose, is out of the question. I don't know that, dissented Bob, peering down the shore at an object that attracted his attention. There's something that looks like a watercraft of some kind. 
It's a hut or a boat, said Ned, pressing close to his comrade's side and peering also. Make a scout and see what it is, will you? suggested Bob. Sure thing. And Ned, in true Boy Scout fashion, struck off with a stealthy stride as fearlessly as if on home camp duty.